Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. This is episode 225. This episode is with the head of academy performance at FC Utrecht, Baz Blum. Some of the topics we covered included Baz's recent transition, very recent transition as we recorded the podcast from first team to academy and his new role as head of of academy performance um, at FC Utrecht. We spoke about making an impact in a high-performance world, how to stand out as a practitioner. We also touched on some of the innovative program additions that they've implemented over at Utrecht. So we went into a bit, a few details around some of the pillars that he has implemented in that program. Obviously, we can't talk too much about results at this point from recording because it was literally under 30 days into his new role. So really, really fresh and new but um, Baz touched on some great stuff that they've been doing in the academy. He spoke on some of his roles and responsibilities and also how budget impacts some of the decisions around the programme as well. So I hope you enjoy the episode with Baz. Just a very quick heads up before we get into the podcast. We've got two networking events coming up over the next few weeks. First of which is on the 15th of February at Goodison Park, Everton. We've got Mark Hulse and Luke Benstead presenting for us. There are still early bird tickets available for that event. We've also got another event at Leeds United, Ellen Road on the 28th of February, 6 till 9pm. Four presenters on that one, all from Leeds. Um, Adam Kerr, Pierre Barriou, George Bell and Tom Robinson all presenting for us. Early bird tickets are still available for that one as well. So to get tickets to any of our events, make sure you go to footballfitfed.com, click the shop tab, and then click networking events, and all tickets are available there. Early birds are still available as this podcast goes out, but in a couple of weeks beforehand, it will go to full price. So make sure you confirm your place if you're coming to those events. Also, we're getting a few more reviews in over the last few weeks, which I really do appreciate. But if you haven't left us a review, please do. On Apple, you click the five stars and leave a short comment. And if you listen on Spotify, which I know a lot of people do, it's even easier. It literally takes a second. You just click the five stars. I really would appreciate it. It does help grow the podcast, get it into more people's ears. And also for future guests as well. Some people do ask how many listeners we've got, how many people listen to each episode. So it does help us attract some big guests coming forward for 2023. Speaking of a big 2023, our sponsors have got big years ahead. First of which is Hytro. Have you ever tried blood flow restriction for recovery? Hytro have developed the world's first BFR wearable, unlocking the recovery benefits of BFR to support athletes. BFR is no longer just for one-to-one physio or rehab. Hytro allows teams to use this safe and scalable sports BFR device post-exercise to dramatically enhance recovery. Whether in the changing room post-game, during away game travel, in the hotel or at home, Hytro has created a simple and effective tool that allows BFR to be delivered to athletes and squads simultaneously, safely and more conveniently than ever before. So you can check them out on socials at Hytro or check out the website hytro.com or you can email Warren, that's Warren Bradley on warren at hytro.com to find out how Hytro BFR can give your athletes a competitive edge. And also make sure to go and check out our other sponsors, Rezzle, doing some incredible work in VR. And I hope you enjoy episode 225 with Baz Blanc. 
Rezzle is the world's number one virtual reality sports trainer. Whatever your team, your sport, your ability, improve your game and train like a pro. Rezzle, Rezzle. Reactions, performance, accuracy, stamina, resilience. Train at home in the Rezzle Sports and Fitness VR Training Arena. Search Rezzle, R-E-Z-Z-I-L. Harder, stronger, smarter. The world's number one virtual reality sports trainer. Available now on MetaQuest. Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. This is episode 225. I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast today by Head of Academy Performance at FC Utrecht, live from the stadium as well, I'll add. Buzz, how are we doing? I'm good. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me. No um, problem. Looking forward to this one. Yeah, me too. Me too. But I, I always say it on the podcast, but we have got some good stuff to cover today. So I'm excited to get into some of the topics that we've spoke about pre um, before the recording. But we always start these in the same place. People like to hear other coaches' stories and where they've been, what they've been up to. So can you give a little bit of background on yourself? Yeah, of course. Um, well, my name is Bas, uh, 35 years old now, living in the Netherlands overseas. Um, working at FC Utrecht now for uh, four years, four and a half years. Um, started as a senior physiotherapist with the first team and uh, recently took the uh, head of performance academy job uh, on the 1st of January. Um, well, educational wise, my career started uh, bachelor physiotherapy here at Utrecht as well. Uh, two years later, did my master of science in sports physiotherapy. Um, so that was um, yeah, another three-year um, hard work, hard learning uh, stuff. Um, and recently I did my CSCS, I did my ASCA, uh, did hit science, so more the strength and conditioning part as well. Looking at my career in, uh, in, in soccer-wise, started 2007, I, this is a little bit in my head now, 2007 with the amateurs as a massage therapist. Um, that's more like also with uh, starting as a massage therapist also means a little bit on the pitch did some rehab but it's more like the trial and error with, uh, with the amateurs had a long career in that part um, but it's also driving the ambition to get into the, the high performance level um, in soccer wise so I always had the dream to, uh, to drive forward um, starting that career 2000. 18 um, with a project of uh, Ajax, Ajax Amsterdam, uh, went to Cape Town for an individual project. Um, well, and that gave me even more energy to push me through, uh, to get me into this, in, into this world. So eventually 2019, I started at FC Utrecht. Um, first team, about three and a half season, intense, um, very much learning. Uh, about, of course, also the soccer life, but also performance-wise. And uh, yeah, what I said recently, took the job as I had a performance with the, um, with the academy, uh, academics. So that's, um, yeah, good a good road so far. And you've mentioned there some of the different roles that you've had across a number of different clubs and throughout your career, starting in massage, massage therapy and then moving into what you're doing now. Well, also most re recently, like you mentioned, is this switch from first team to academy. And I know it's very, very recent as we record this, probably not even a month in. But how have you initially found that change? Yeah, it's 
it's of course a big one. Um, also as a as a part of the team and now a little bit more ahead of the team, getting into processes more. Um, of course, we now I'm starting now in my fourth week, so it's a little bit difficult to say what the what the big difference is. It's still still uh, still a journey, I would say. Uh, but of course, now it's more like um, getting into processes, finding out there's a strong, solid foundation already built the last, the last years, performance-wise. So that's good. So I can continue building on that as well. Um, and we have to dive into the deep. And that's more like, okay, first uh, build relationships, get to know the people, get to know how the process is working now, and then find out if we can yeah, cover it a little bit more onto the next level as well. And that's more the long term, I guess. But in the short term, of course, there is the normally the daily program with uh, players, uh, prep-wise, uh, nutrition-wise, hydration-wise, with the training or with the rehab, and more. And now it's more like okay, everybody uh, has their own task, and it's more like a helicopter view from above. That is everything going in process very well, or do we need to change already? And that's uh, yeah, what's what I said. It's a journey now. 100%. Baz, can you give a little bit of insight into how the academy works from the player's perspective? Because obviously, me being in the UK, we have a lot of, we have our um, category system of academies and you have some academies where they'll take the players out of the schooling system um, during the day and there'll be others that obviously it depends on the category. How does it work over there with your players? Well, we got the... The good thing about FC Utrecht is that the under-23s, for example, plays on the second highest level competition. And all the other teams from the under-18s, under-17s, under-16s and downwards are all playing at the highest level of the Netherlands. So that means we are one of the four or five clubs in the Netherlands, whereas every team in every kind of age at the highest level. So that's good. Um, in the end, of course, FC Utrecht is also an, an, a club who needs to develop their talents to get them to the first team. Well, if looking at uh, the competitions, we got a good road to get there. Uh, and of course, it's one also, also one of my jobs to get them there. Uh, but looking, that, looking at your uh, question, uh, performance-wise, there's a culture. Technical-wise, there is, of course, a culture which uh, which overlapping each other, but also about school and educational-wise. Um, the under-18s and under-17s are like also long days at the club, uh, two days a week, but that doesn't mean they have study. They have study on the club, and we got something, uh, some person at the club who, uh, yeah, um, get them in the, in the line for that as well. So it's not only about football, it's also about the holistic part as well. So also about school, also about education. If they don't have education, there are sometimes like, um, um, yeah, small course they can follow or language or something like this. So there's always something to, uh, to grow on. Um, I'm not sure, I'm not very full ahead about the, the categories you mentioned, but I, I guess that's, uh, they all play at the highest level, so they compete always every weekend. Ajax, Feyenoord, AZ, uh, it's one big competition. And it also means that the players know each other well. If they're heading to the first team or the under-23s, they played for like several times against each other. So they know their guys very well. And of course, in the end, uh, as every talent has their own road to, uh, to the first team or to making it in professional uh, soccer, there can also be a line that the, the first talent goes a little bit faster and then the other, other talent goes a little bit slow or steady. And then in the end, 
you hope that um, a lot of them are are making it, of course. And then if we can't, uh, we want to build them for the first team, of course. Um, but in the end, it's also our goal to get everybody in professional soccer. So that's the most important part. And looking at that part, the first team is professional soccer at the highest league at the Eredivisie. But the under-23s is, is, is also um, professional soccer because we play at the second highest level as well in the competition, the Kukkampion division. So that's good. Yeah, brilliant. I thought it'd be interesting as well because you see a lot of practitioners that will go from an academy role to first team. So then they've sort of been involved with the development of players and then they've stepped into the first team, maybe in, in sync with players moving up to first team. Obviously, yours has gone the opposite. So you've understood what is happening at first team level, the, all about performance, all about results. Now stepping into the development of these players getting them ready. So I think it's really fascinating that you know what's coming, but and now you're stepping down into, into that position, not down, I don't like saying down, but you're stepping into a position where you can help that development. Yeah, that's that question was asked me uh, a lot the last the recent uh, months as well. It was also a big thinking process, of course, but <clears throat> looking at the project, for example, at, at uh, Ice Cape Town was also talent-based, working with the first team. I was also uh, leading um, yeah, long-term athletic development is it with a big word, of course, but in the end, it is about the players who are from the under-23s coming to the first team. Can they make it? Can they hold on? Or they have to switch back and train with us, with the first team, and then playing um, with the under-23s. So I had the, the vision already uh, about that. That was one of my main tasks as well, the last three and a half, four years. Um, and of course, yeah, of course, you can think about, okay, the next step ahead is to the first team, but now I can share my knowledge and my experience with the first team downgraded to the to the academics as well. And that's what, um, of course, you can think about working top down, working top up, or you can also think, okay, I have to rain a little bit more down from top up to going down. And it either has both ways, of course. Um, but I think <clears throat> looking at my career and my own ambition, uh, this was a good next step to make. And um, yeah, with the first team, when you're making that, <clears throat> then it's you can also think, okay, what's the next step? Is it in FC Trecht or is it more to a next club? Or But that is the same environment and the same kind of task with other people in a strange environment. But in the end, you're also blocked. And now I can, yeah, what I said, can share my knowledge, share my experience as well. With I, uh, yeah, what I experienced with the first team the last three and a half, four years and bring them back to the talents as well and yeah what i said looking at the under 23s they are professional soccer players football players who have to jump to the first team as well and um yeah that's one of the main tasks to yeah to share that and and to help them forward and um yeah looking at that part that's player wise but also from perform from performance standpoint as well um we got a great performance team at SU Utrecht great guys also a team within a team also pushing the pushing the, ourselves to the limits, um, and I think um, yeah, what I said, this is a good step for me to push myself to the next limit as well to find out okay, can I do this? Uh, how I'm gonna do this processes? How I'm gonna share my knowledge? Uh, how how will uh, I will coach the coach the performance team, coach the coaches during their uh, games and that kind of stuff. So it's very it's a very big one instead of just a structured one with the first team. I also wanted to get your experiences because working in a high performance environment, obviously 
again, we, we can discuss differences between academy and first team, but all high-performance high environments. How do you find, or what would be your advice to people to stand out as a coach, really make an impact and stand out? What do you think are some important factors and bits of advice for coaches? <clears throat> well, of course, it's um, what I mentioned before as well. I started, I started in 2007 already with my sort of career. So it's it's the long term to get there in there. It's also about building connections, of course. Uh, we, we got some recent um, articles as well in, in England, but also in the Dutch as well. It's also about the connections and the networking. So that's also you also have to invest in. Um, and from that part, when you're looking outside, you always can think, okay, I can change this, I can change this. But when you're inside, uh, that's why we also called this uh, or the header of this this podcast, the power of tiny gains. When you're coming in, um, you have to be um, yeah focused on um, small differences can make big one in the long term. And if you want to try a big one at, at the start already, then you also have to... Um, yeah, think about yourself, is is it a good one or not? So um, from my side, and also the performance side of FC Utrecht as well, it's about the one percentage every day. And the one percentage every day, if you do that for like 365 days uh, a year, then there's 300%, 365%, 365%, um, yeah, um, you leveled up. <clears throat> and on that side, if you do 1% on nutrition today, then you can do 1% of hydration the next day. It doesn't have to be 1% on every part of performance as well. You can choose which you want to have. And sometimes uh, in the week, it's more about nutrition. Sometimes in the week, it's more about uh, maybe the recovery part because of a lot of games you are playing. Um, and that's um, what it is, I guess, as well, also when you're coming in. So I also thought when I was on the outside, okay, when I come inside, I have a big impact from the start. But yeah, my experience now, it's it's more about the long term. And also on that side as well, practice what you preach and, and find out that you have to be uh, what you give to players. You also have to find, okay, what, how the body's responding or how is the, the long term um, um result about that as well so that that will be my advice so don't go in for the short term go also in for the long term as well and find out that you you're into the process and don't make too big steps it's it i think all coaches fall into the trap of right i'm going to put this new program in place it's going to be all singing or dancing all players will get on board with it and then we'll go from there whereas i think you're right isn't it with experience it comes that if you can constantly nudge the quality and standard, then there's going to be bigger results overall. That's what you want. And of course, it's on some part, it's difficult eh? because there, there is the emotion of losing a game or getting into an injury or um, getting past you don't play or that kind of stuff. But then if you can hold on to the, to the short things, then you have success and that success will bring you back from an injury or bring you back from um from the bench into the pitch or brings you back also um well if you hold on for sure of course you always have to reflect if you if you follow still the right path um as a team as well but um yeah I, of course the processors are always have results in the end if you're still holding on and um you can see that in 
Um, for example, changing trainers, there's always like, okay, changing a trainer, there's an effect, but the effect over the long term is that there was no effect. You see, like after 10 matches, there is still the same uh, problems as well. So you always have to find, yeah, you always have to reflect, of course, but always have to think, okay, how can we change and how do we do it step by step instead of a big change and then losing the grip about the process. I suppose there's also from a player's perspective, only so much they can take in in one go. So if you're taking that approach of daily having a target of improving 1% on nutrition, 1% on hydration, 1% on recovery the next day, that's a lot more manageable, isn't it, in terms of how much they can take in on a daily basis? Yeah, I think. And then, and that's all also uh, what you mentioned, because I, I was part of the I'm still part of the performance team, of course, as well as well of the of the FC track. But also, when I was working in the performance team as the with the first team as a member, there was also like we always overlapping ourselves. So if my colleague is something saying about the nutrition, then I will be the next day about hydration. So it's also uh, on that part thinking about <clears throat> when you give the information, who's going to give the information. Also looking to um, <clears throat> rehab wise if you're looking at rehab wise as well um well you you also look like personalities does the physio fit with the player and can he help because if there's a good relationship uh, i heard that in the past with the podcast as from you as well uh, it's also about building a relationship of course uh, but sometimes there's also a match about personalities which fits and that also helps the rehab to next to the next level as well or help to to get the um, yeah, to get the process in the right direction as well. So it can be rehab-wise, but can also be performance-wise. And performance-wise does help on the pitch as well to get that 1% extra on the pitch, which also um, have uh, the team a bigger chance to win. Yeah, 100%. I know we previously discussed some of the additions and changes that you've implemented into the program. Some of it is very innovative. It's It's holistic so uh, it'd be great to sort of cover some of some of those and how you've gone about um programming them with your players yeah um the innovative part as well uh, with um with the first team but also with academics now uh, they they say at uh, the first team uh, moved to a new complex last uh one and a half uh, one and a half year ago but it's also about okay how is it organized uh, about wellness sites, for example, ice baths, sauna, that kind of stuff. When they and looking at the academic side, they have the same. The only thing is it's more um, dated. It's more dated building, but it's still we all have everything which we can influence. So the ice bath on the new complex is the same ice bath on the academic side as well. So for example, we did um, with the first team. It's more. It's it was with Casper uh, van der Meulen. Uh, also about the Wim Hof uh, method as well, about ice baths and that kind of stuff. Uh, it starts with why. So we can say as a performance team after uh, a tough game or after a game with a lot of excels and decels or uh, playing on artificial, uh, we, are, we are a country also with artificial part as well. How can we recover fast uh, as well? And using ice baths, it doesn't fit everybody. But if you start or try to uh, get into their head as well, why we are doing it and then sharing that knowledge, then they say, okay, I don't like it, but I do it because I know I can perform better. So on that part as well, we did with Casper an, an ice bath session with like 
two thirds of the bot was like ice and the rest was water and everybody was was getting in there as well. And that also means that you can um, individually wise, but also team wise, um, go to resistance as well on that part as well. So um, yeah, we got everybody on board. We got everybody in also with some breathing techniques as well, of course, but that was like an innovative part as well. Um, so that's like the ice bot. And then of course, there's also the, the literature as well. Um, what I was mentioning in before this, uh, artificial excels, D cells, um, uh, strength training. And so you have to know the timing of the ice bots. Don't go everything, uh, don't go in every day, but find your moments that it could be useful to recover from, from parts. And, um, yeah, that's also sharing the articles, the, the literature into practice and find out. Uh, does it work for us? Does it work for the individual? Or do we have to find another uh, strategy to help them uh, into the good way? Also about um, another example is about uh, breathing sessions. Uh, we, we implemented breathing sessions as a, um, as a flow to get more relaxed after a tough week, but also sometimes to get into the, the vibe of, of the game and um, um, yeah, that's also, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if it's very new, new, but try to implement that with the team um, and then find out how does it work. And it was a spot on right from the moment. So that's, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, no, I don't think it's necessarily something that is new to come out, is it? The importance of breathing. But I do think, like you say, implementing that with a team of players probably is. Especially because we, when we think breathing, we think recovery, we think sort of down regulation, don't we? But there's a lot of work behind actually upregulating and getting ready for, for games as well. So when when do those sessions fit in the week? Is that getting ready for a weekend um, a weekend fixture? Well, yeah, it, 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 that's that's was um, what we were saying as well. It's also about. Um, the timing of what you when you when you do it. So, like for example, getting into the flow of the game, that means match day minus one um, before going on the pitch will get them into the to that sort of breathing sessions. On the other end, uh, when there there is a big schedule with a lot of games, you can also try to impl uh, implement that match day plus one to uh, to get the mind a little bit down, to recover well, and to to yeah to respond to the high loads. Uh, physically wise, but also mentally wise of the games as well, because um, uh, that's difficult. And then um, sharing, uh, because that was also what we are heading to, like that knowledge from the first team has to go down now to the academics as well, to prepare them as well, so they can jump on to the first team and know what's, uh, what's happening on that side as well. So for example, the ice bot, but also the, the breathing part, the breathing sessions as well, that doesn't mean that we have to go with the under-12s, but with the under-23s or the under-18s, it could be or might could be that we yeah, that we try and, and, and find out if it's hitting the spot on that age as well, or do we have to uh, step back? Because, of course, as a under-18 or under-23, you have sometimes also something you look up to, but sometimes you don't. Yeah, you, you don't have the knowledge and you just do and undergo it, but it starts again with the why. Yeah, 100%. But it's always that bit of an easier sell, isn't it? When a first team's doing something, whatever it is in their programme, and you try and implement it at a younger age, you've got the reference to first team, haven't you, that they're doing it? Yeah, of course. And that's <clears throat> that's that's what I experienced the last four weeks as well. And, and on 
that side, um, of course, um, I can use that at the moment right now. It's spot on, okay, because I got a lot of questions. How do they do it with the first team and how is this and how is that? But on that side as well, it's about the process. So don't give all the information, but try to implement it and try that 1% impact again every day because that's more useful than, than get to share all my knowledge already in the first couple of weeks. And well, again, starting with the under 23s, going down under 18s, but also starting already with the, uh, with the trainer or with the coaches of the teams to, to, yeah, to introduce already a little bit about the food or about the hydration after the games uh, to help them with that, for example. And then afterwards I can show them, okay, which products or that kind of part. And um, as looking at head of performance now, it's more like, I would say more. I'm more generalist than a specialist. We got nutrition specialist with us. She's the specialist. She's working on it, and I can help to develop that into the into the club and building a more culture uh, on that specific part, but also like other performance part as well. So, do you think that's changed from taking this step from first team to academy? Do you feel like it's more of a generalist role in the academy and more specialist at first team, or is it just different responsibilities? No, at the first team, what I was uh, with the first team, the performance team was overlapping each other as well. So, for example, uh, our um, head of sports science, if he is doing a warm up, I can do a warm up as well. So we can change uh, stuff. It has to be on a, on a good level. It can be uh, like a party on the pitch, of course. Uh, but we are helping each other out. On the other end, he can do uh, sometimes uh, rehab sessions in the gym with individual players. Uh, if we are too busy to get the people uh, uh, ready for the next game, for example, and it's uh, yeah, nutrition-wise, uh, training-wise, uh, sleep-wise, recovery-wise. Uh, so we got some some pillars to, to spot on, and everybody knows something about this pillar, uh, these pillars. Um, and the specialist of that pillar also sharing that knowledge downwards so it's not like okay this is my this is my part don't i don't want everybody involved just this is my part but we're sharing everything within the team um and that's good because for example uh for me looking uh, i would say i was more generalist uh sleep wise uh yeah we we got all the data inside but then what do we do with this data so i jumped into the sleep the sleep performance pillar uh, read a lot of articles, reading books and that kind of stuff to try. I'm not the sleep specialist now, but within the club, I can help them with short-term advices or changes or connect them with specialists to help them to get better sleep. And in the end, sleep is one of the biggest recovery tools uh, we have. And we can follow that with the data um, by the wellness questionnaires every day. And then... Sleep is a big pillar instead of, okay, we got the wellness questionnaires, this is data and we don't do anything about it or just let it go. And, uh, and then you're collecting for nothing. And that's with every part of the pillars we have, like recovery, sleep, training wise. It's also about the GPS, but also about the RPEs, but also like talking about training wise. So it's also about the, the player itself eh, that you, uh, when he's sitting on a bike doing his prep or warm up that you go, eh, go for a talk. How do you experience the last four weeks? Is it the same what he's saying about the numbers he's giving into it? And yeah, that's why we uh, developing as well. That's also what has to be go down with the academics as well. And uh, there is what I said, 
there is already a strong uh, foundation built. So that's that's also uh, my, uh, yeah, I would say lucky, but it's great that I can continue building instead of uh, it's a mess and try to to uh, to sort things out first. Yeah, definitely. I was just going to mention that in terms of, so when you dive into one of these pillars like sleep, for example, and you do your research and you realize areas that you could potentially use with players, but then you've you've said before about you want the other members of staff aligned with what you're trying to implement. We've got a big year of content coming for our online community members. Our memberships are made up with a number of different practitioners. We've got sports scientists at Champions League clubs, SNC coaches from non-league football, sports science students, SNC coaches from international teams, performance coaches in the football league, academy sports scientists, and so many others as well. So if you fall into any of those categories or simply you want to get, get the very best football fitness content, sports science content, make sure you go and check out our community. Go to footballfitfed.com, click the community tab and sign yourself up there and it'll give you one month free on the community so you can check it all out, see what it's all about. After your free month, it's only £4.99 per month going forward. You get continued access to all the content that's on there, including all future presentations and webinars that we've got coming this year. You also, as a full member, get access to our WhatsApp group as well where there's some great discussions that go down between our members and there's also a, a group of network, a network of coaches even at your fingertip that you can call on, ask questions to, ask advice and even get a few job opportunities every now and again as well. So make sure you go and check it out, footballfitfed.com, sign up for the free month and check it out. Here's part two of the podcast with Baz Blum. Would that be then just conversations with different members of staff? Obviously you've just talked about where you'd maybe interact with players in recovery sessions and whenever that is. But in terms of staff, would that be holding a meeting? Would that be presenting things back to them? Or how would you go about that? Both. Um, uh, you're mostly based in the same office, so it's always easy to talk on that part as well. There are, um, we test each other as well. So when I'm sharing my knowledge, I'm first yeah, do a, a test about the presentation with the performance team or about one guy of the performance team. Is this good? Does it hit the spot for you? Uh, and then sharing it with the team as well. Um, and then again, it starts with why. It's not about just giving the information. It's also about why we give this information. Look, we got this data or we got this uh, time schedule coming ahead because in the Netherlands, I would say the UK and Germany, it's more like the same time uh, that they're playing at 3.30 or uh, 3 o'clock or that kind of part. But you can play at, 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 uh, at the Netherlands, you can play like uh, 4.30 um, p.m. You can play like 6.30 p.m. You can play like 8. You can play like 9 p.m. You can play on the Sunday 12.15. You can play 2.30. So that also means that you, if you want to prepare your players for, for example, uh, about the sleep-wise, if you always say during the week that you have to go to bed uh, around 9 p.m. and then on that Saturday you have to perform on 9 p.m. then you have to change um, uh, that pattern uh, during the week and again it's about small changes uh, have the success so if you start by changing that on the Friday and say okay to tonight you can go a little bit later to bed and tomorrow you can you can stay to bed to 11 
then you don't hit the spot. So you have to think about it all the time to perform well. And that's um, that's how we roll, I guess, to to look at that at that uh, the schedule of competition or performance-wise. Then when do we have to hit the spot? And then looking at the pillars, okay, how are we gonna bring it back to towards that one final moment of the week to perform at a, at the highest level or at the best level uh, we can do. So the chance of winning is bigger than than we uh, than we were before. I, mean, I think you made some really important points there. Going back to where you were talking to other members of staff and presenting it to other members of staff, one is that when you present something, you learn a lot more yourself anyway, don't you? Because you're being tested. Yeah. Also, you mentioned as well, <clears throat> some clubs struggle with this and it seems quite a simple fix, but hard logistically is that having staff members in the same office or same room and being around each other, that's so yeah. important, isn't it? And if, if people are far away in different offices, different buildings, even different training grounds sometimes, it makes it a lot harder to get that consistent message across, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's also on, on FC Utrecht. It's the team within the team, you know. Of course, we are part of the, of the bigger team, but then in that team, we are the performance team. But we want the same as the technical or as the players. We want to win as well. So, and 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 on our division, it's it's our job to get to prepare them or to warn the trainers or to warn the technical part about okay, he's uh, not sleeping well the last couple of nights. So, uh, and normally he has eight hours. The last couple of nights were like five or six hours. So the risk eh, we know in the literature again, we know about three bad nights can be a risk of injury plus uh, that percentage. That doesn't mean you don't have to train. That that can mean if we have like a football conditioning training wise, you can you can maybe try to find out, okay, he's on the pitch. He has a bad night of, uh, or has some bad night of sleeps. If you want to hit the spot of the training as well, then you can better say, okay, maybe a little bit less to hit the spot so he can recover well afterwards instead of hitting the spot full training another bad night of sleep and then the training doesn't hit or doesn't respond well to the body as well and that's all time the puzzle because it's about the pillars we we it's not only about sleep but it's also like nutrition wise or rehab wise or um, maybe also mentally wise as well eh? because um, of course you have the talented players who are just coming to the first team they have to wait for their chance. Sometimes they uh, they want to jump already in, but sometimes they have want to uh, have to wait a little bit more. But on the other end, you have also players who become father for the first time, and then it's also about family. Um, yeah, that's a, that's yeah. I've got a, a daughter myself. Um, yeah, it's one of the biggest life changes there is, and also uh, of course about the structure of the day because the little one is um yeah is is showing you the day because she's or he is telling when to eat when he he or she wants to eat then it's eating time and if that's on six then you have to sell eh, for yourself seven o'clock eating i was experienced uh, myself with bad nights of sleeps with my daughter that doesn't mean that it's my daughter's problem i also have to adapt to it as well so for example for myself and that's what we also uh, say uh, practice what you preach don't blame the daughter or blame others find out for yourself what can i do to influence that part so i went to bed instead of 10 p.m 9 p.m so i get one hour more and i know that she's coming like 2 a.m in the night and then she's be waked for 3 a.m but i got my sleep already 
uh, before that already. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore at, at the back as well, or it doesn't matter. It's it's okay. Any parents will relate to that, Bas, and I feel feel your pain as well as trying to. Um, <laughs> you have to. You're right, though. You have to adapt, and I think that's the lesson for for thinking about players, isn't it? That a lot of players are going to go through this similar challenge, but we're not having to step out on the pitch and perform, and they are. So it's a, it's a bigger challenge and something that we can assist with, isn't it? So I think it's a great point. That's the, I think that's the holistic part of you for us as well. You know, it's not only about performing on the pitch. It's also about the person itself. You know, yeah. you need to know your player. 100%. I was just going to say as well, what's been your experiences? Because obviously sleep trackers are getting a lot more popular now. A lot, a lot of people are wearing them. A lot of players are getting into the data that comes from them as well. Have you seen a, a rise in players wearing that and maybe even feeding back the data to yourself or, or not? <clears throat> well, I I um I had a, a whoop for one year, uh, which is one of the I think the main uh, sleep devices as well because of course you have the iWatch and the Aura Ring. Um, well, I experienced of course that it well it was good on 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 data. It was very directly um, and sometimes of course when you're looking at the data and then starting thinking about how I'm feeling and then you connect it to the data. It's sometimes better, okay, how I feel. Okay, the data says something else, but it's okay. Um, well, looking at that part, uh, for example, uh, uh, Virgil van Dijk from the from the Dutch uh, the Dutch national team was wearing the Whoop during the World Championship. I, I was not sure if it's about um, product-wise uh, to getting into the market, but you see more. I, I do sometimes get, get these questions and then it's more about for us as a club or as a team or maybe also as a practitioner um, how what you're going to do with the data because in the end it's also about the private life after football as well if you if you jump into the club then you are with us if you go out of the club of course we want to know the big things but some things we don't we don't need to know as well so um, in that end it's the next step of course because I think in the NBA and and basketball, the the hour rings and the whoops are wearing with all the players as well. Uh, I think it can be the next step, but you also have to mention uh, again about the holistic part as well. There's also a private life after football, and if you're gonna track them 24 hours a day, um, then it can also be yeah, it can also be the the next level of um, yeah the balance football football private life as well. I think it's a big step to make, but I yeah, it can be happen of course in the future. I think it's a great point to make. You do have to be careful treading that line, don't you? But I think if players have got that interest and they're going off their own back to wear it and maybe even bring you some data, that there should it seems like they might be the more willing ones to maybe put things in place to improve it. Because I know some of it gives you a, a number of data points, doesn't it? And probably a lot more than what people are used to. So I suppose it's like you've mentioned before, it's what you do about that and how you impact it and how you use it and understanding you're going to have good nights and bad nights, especially with, with little ones involved. Yeah. Well, then, of yeah. Course, and also, um, uh, with the HRV, of course, it, the HRV is, is a very predictable um, measurement, a uh, very good one. Um, but then again, my HRV can be some sort of number, but I'm feeling quite well. Then, yeah, of course, what you're going to do, are you going to do them with training? Um, yeah, a little less or changing a little bit or are you going to experience about how the player is feeling and just saying, no, I'm good, I'm just go on. And well, looking at 
um, wellness questionnaires. We are we are pretty sharp on it to get them on the club when you're in nine o'clock, nine a.m. And the same with academics now. Eh? Try to the the one percent. That what was uh, I was trying the, um, directly on on the academic side as well with under twenty threes, but also with the under eighteens. Fill in that wellness questionnaire. Not about that you have to show that you fill in this wellness questionnaire, but to help yourself to show me that you're feeling fine, you recovered well, you sleep well, so I can help you to the next level instead of, okay, you didn't fill in, you got, um, yeah, you got a, a fine about uh, pay, paying money or something. That's not, that's not a clue about the wellness questionnaires. It's about yourself helping the next step forward. And yeah, we are pretty sharp on it right now with, with the first team, but also with the academics and the, on the 23s and, and downwards as well. Again, to help the players forward uh, and to find out if there is a line or is there something we can we can help with uh, sleep-wise, but also recovery-wise, if you don't recover well, um, or maybe about the mood, maybe it's about uh, mentally-wise, then, then we can react as well instead of wait and see. And then if we too long wait, then the problem is already a little bit bigger as well. Yeah, it's, it's being very proactive, isn't it, rather than reactive with a lot of things that we're gathering like that. And uh, it, you've mentioned it a number of times, which I think highlights the importance is that relationship with the players, isn't it? That's the most important. And what data we use after that can be additional, but it all comes back to knowing the players, knowing a bit about them, a bit about the background, the current sort of status, where they're up to with things. And, and that's the bigger impact, isn't it? Yeah, and, and that's what we... Yeah, that's what we try and um yeah in the end you all want to have players who are robust uh, get, uh, getting into the resistance as well um but yeah i think that's i think again that's a process it's not about okay he is down now with his numbers now let's hitting him and then don't don't get the other ones as well you also have to find you want everybody to keep turning 100 percent Baz, before we move on to the, the quick-fire questions that we finish the podcast with, I just wanted to finish up by just talking about how budget affects some of the decisions that you make. Because obviously we've talked about like the sleep trackers and things that come with a cost. I know there's going to be other elements of the program that if money was no issue, you'd be maybe have all sorts of different plans. But we're living in the real world. A lot of people are under some sort of restriction to a point financially. So how has that impacted... Um, some of the decisions and the program that you've you've made or are going to make at the club. Well, um, of course, there there is always budget wise and 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 that kind of stuff. But it's more like, um, yeah, try what you can influence. So, what can I do at this moment to get uh, to start already tomorrow? So, for example, uh, um, if you want to uh, be uh, innovative, just try on error that's what we did as well and some things were spot on and then we hold on and sometimes it's also about of course uh, gps or sleep trackers or maybe also um facial screening wise uh, that kind of part we can do we can all get the best if we want but you can also if you look budget wise you can scale it down and then you can you can be there for example um we have a, a facial screening which we did with the microfed, we changed it in an FC Utrecht facial screening, uh, which helps us to to get a a view of the player as well. And um, yeah, that's something innovative. 
we don't have the budget, but we got the skills. And can we try to make it a new one which fits into our uh, goals and targets for for the visual screening as well? And um, yeah, that's for example. So there's always something you can influence and try to start today already to make an impact on the next one. And then of course, along the way, you can maybe show your results or find out, okay, this is working, but we want to go to the next step. And this um, felicity-based training uh, thing is helping us or this uh, fault is helping us then you can go on to the next step as well and well for example for that one um, one of my colleagues was introducing um, it, it's, it's, it's a great topic it was about or is about kick count uh, so we measure in rehab uh, GPS loads um, most of it only GPS loads so how many high intensity runs how many uh, meters or, or that kind of stuff but it also if you're looking at uh, hip part or growing part it's also about kicking balls uh, kicking balls in the short terms kicking balls in the in the mid long term or kicking balls in the long in the long term as well so um yeah it's a great topic i'm not giving too much you have to uh to go with him um with with philip nassens one of my colleagues and he is now starting a pilot as well with 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 um, um yeah with a product to measure that because now we measure just with a paper and a pen. Okay, this was a long one, this was a short one, this was a long one, but now we can measure it with, with data as well. And the next part is like, yeah, showing that data and showing our skills with, with the kick count and showing uh, the world, which already is happening. And then you can find out, okay, which product fits or when we can uh, continue that uh, with that as well. Sounds brilliant. Baz, I know we already need to get another podcast planned in for a good few months okay. time to see some of this because we're catching you so early in this role and I appreciate you coming on and talking because it's only literally, like I said, not even 30 days into the role. But you've covered some great stuff there, some really good information. Um, but yeah, we definitely need to get another one on when, when you put um, some more things in play and, and this is took impact with some of the players. Thanks. Looking forward to it already. Let's wrap things up with some of the quick uh, quick fire questions. So the first one is who have been some of the biggest influences on your career so far? Yeah, one person that's uh, that's Jerome Peters, uh, Jerome Peters. Well, um, my boss at the moment as well, but also not that he's my boss, but he's also like yeah, an inspirational guy, knowledge wise, coaching wise. Uh, sharing his experience um also develop the team within the team um sharp on every short uh little things uh but not only about performance wise but also holistic wise yeah he's a magical guy i'm, I'm looking i'm looking up to it from from the beginning i was learning still learning every day he's one of my um yeah one of my great influence coach as well uh, with the with the first team but also with 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 the kind of, uh, with my new role as well uh, right at the moment um yeah and he yeah he got so much experience as well already it was also with the premier league um uh, but but the most of it is like he's sharing it and he's building instead of holding it to each other and and just go for his own and um yeah that's great very uh, very great guy Brilliant. What would you say your biggest strength is as a practitioner? Well, yeah, um, I'm, I would say, of course, we talk about relationships as well, but I'm, I'm very action focused. So um, I would say like 
um, okay, there's an injury, but what can we do uh, around this injury? For example, you, you couldn't walk, but we can. What 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 can we train then? Or um, okay, there's an injury. Um, sleep is also has has an influence on recovery as well. So I have to inform you about sleep. So I'm very action focused, um, very straightforward, I would say. Um, and on that part, again, it's about. Uh, relationships or coaching skills to to share your information about that but i'm i'm never seeing big problems i always try to find out okay how can i change the problem into something uh, which i can influence and try to make an impact to get it into better so yeah i would say action focused is one of the big things not only in rehab but also performance wise brilliant Baz, if you were able to talk to Baz from 2007, starting out in your career, what would be your top bit of advice, career advice for Baz back then? Um, yeah, keep going. Um, of course, looking at 2007, 2018, it's about 11 years, waiting for that final moment. Um, and also looking career-wise, normally you can also say what you were imagining, starting at the academics, uh, on the 23s, jump into the first team. I started at the first team, going now back, and it's not. It's also something special to start already directly on the first team. That also means a lot of trust on this side as well. Uh, but again, it's about yeah, keep going forward. Uh, always, always learn. Try to try to go, and there always some part in uh, in life that it yeah that there is a little bit okay. Do do I still want it or do I change? But then you have to reflect. And if you still want it, just just continue working and build build your network. Uh, and on that part, when I was jumping in, I tried to make a big impact from from the beginning, go hard. But then again, okay, step a little bit back, try to uh, get the right people on the bus for your own boss to to learn, to reflect, to to get the information on the on the right spot as well. So working towards it go hard build your network and when you're in it don't go don't sit back but also um take some time some time to to reflect because in the world and i was experiencing that as well for myself and still experiencing that in four years feels like one day because uh it goes so hard it's so um it's 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 a roller coaster ride Make sure everyone listening writes those points down because they are yeah. crucial. Yeah. Really, to write, you have to enjoy because yeah. otherwise, um, if you don't enjoy it, then you step out and then you fully burn out, and then the yeah, then it's the question if you're coming back. Hundred percent. That's just finally. What's your approach to CPD? I know you mentioned you've got some good people around you that you learn from, but how do you continually develop as a practitioner or a coach? Well, of course, it's always um, um, a mixture, I guess. Uh, so I have my coaches within the club, with, with for your own example, but I also got my coaches uh, outside of the club. Um, some some people hit that final uh, or hit the spot on that part of your life. Hey, you can also change about that. Reading articles, uh, reading books, but try to implement, uh, implement that as well. And uh, yeah, I was... What I was saying also in the podcast, uh, practice what you preach. For example, uh, if you say to to someone to go in an, into an ice bath, jump into an ice bath yourself. Or uh, if you um, experiencing something about um, nutrition wise, yeah, try that as well. And uh, we did with the performance team, for example. But uh, it's also something from myself. 
Um, we always train for ourselves as well. So it's about uh, running a, a must test or so maximal aerobic speed test. If you hit it to the players, then I also want to hit myself. What does it do? What does the test do? And that's also something I would give back. So reading, but also trial and error. How does you how does it respond and how does that feel? So you can bring the information better to the yeah to the to the player or to the to the performance staff or to the trainer coach or to some and to be inspiring as well. Brilliant, Baz. You've covered some great stuff there, mate. I know a lot of people take some good things away from from the podcast. If people want to reach out and they want to ask any questions or just get in touch with you, where would you direct them? LinkedIn is the best. Um, I would say uh, the other social media, um, I have some accounts, but I would say uh, more like a spy uh, instead of <laughs> using that uh, very, very often. But LinkedIn is, uh, is a good one to hit. Uh, I use that a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, that's I think that's the best uh, to hit me on, of course. And always open to share knowledge and um, to share experience as well. So uh, I'm open up to it. Brilliant. I really appreciate you coming on, Baz. It's been great to chat. And uh, yeah, we'll stay in touch and definitely get that next one booked in as well. Thanks, Ben, for having me. It was, a, it was an honor to be in there. Thank you. Thanks for listening to episode 225. And a big thank you to Baz for coming on. It was really great to speak to him. I think we covered some really good stuff in this episode as well. So I hope you enjoyed it. I think the first takeaway for me, mentioned it quite early, was getting all players to play professionally, so not necessarily at the club. Having that in mind, obviously, might just tweak the way you treat the players right across the squad. You're trying to progress them all, not just the players that are essentially going to end up in your first team, but right throughout the squad, trying to get all players to play professionally. The 1% gain every day. Now, I've read a couple of good books on this, around compounding, and doing basically little and often, making those 1% improvements every single day. Like you said, across a year, you're talking a 365% improvement, but also you get a compounding from that as well. If you do want to read more, more around compounding, I'm just looking behind me as I record this, to my pile of books, The Compound Effect is a great book to read about this, and also Atomic Habits covers it as well, one of my favorite books, so make sure you go and check those out. Um, Giving your why, giving your rationale behind things is really important, but Baz obviously gave information and experiences on how he actually goes about that. Influencing coaches and talking to coaches is a really important one because then obviously everyone is giving a similar sort of message. And also just finally, what can you impact? So realizing what you, where you can make the impact and what that's going to involve, that then prioritizes things for you Everyone's is going to be slightly different depending on logistics and finances and a lot of even form, team form. There's a lot of things that go into those decisions, but that that needs to be the priority. What are you going to impact? What are you going all in on? And then your program can be created off the back of that as well. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I really enjoyed chatting to Baz. Baz is actually one of our community members as well. So if you join the community, you'll have the opportunity to interact with people like him. Make sure you go and check out our sponsors as well. Um, Hydro doing some brilliant work. Also Rezzle, give them at least a follow over on socials, but you can also interact with them over on their websites as well, hydro.com, rezzle.com, to find out more about what what they're doing in professional football. And last but not least, thank you again for listening. 
and I will speak to you again next week in episode 226.